1: and welcome in everybody this is the falcons podcast on another beautiful monday morning in the south i am in atlanta this guy over here is in seattle so we're coast to coast and time zone to time zone with your uh with your falcons podcast this morning and just a reminder for those of you who are listening uh, after the fact uh on apple pods or wherever you get your podcasts uh we are live every monday morning and every wednesday morning that will start to change in june so stay tuned to the descriptions to get an idea of when we are going to be live if you wanted to come and join us. But if you are listening after the fact, we appreciate a nice thumbs up review. Um, Give a like, share, and a five-star review on Apple Pods does a lot to help us out. So uh, good morning, Nick. How are you doing so far this morning?
0: I know it's uh, it's bright and early in Seattle. (laughs) I am doing okay. Honestly, it's a miracle that I'm here because I set my alarm for 630 and I definitely hit snooze. And I woke up like terror in my heart and looked over and it (laughs) said... uh, 650. I'm like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta feed the dog and run down here. So, you sent that link late, Scott. I didn't even notice it until the moment I pulled it up. So, uh, we're here, <laughs> we're excited to talk football. And who needs coffee when you know when you have terror in your oh, heart? Oh, yeah, panic. Up a little yeah
1: panic is always a, a very good wake up fuel. So, lots of folks rolling in this morning. Want to say hello to some people. Michael Rancio's in bright and early, says so good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning, Michael and Roger Cook coming in over from the UK. And Zach Powers, as well, is already in here. Uh, Victor Bilotti, welcome in, Victor. Good to see you. He says, good morning, guys. Been a little busy in the last week, catching up on the shows. Ritter will surprise us all. I'm hoping for a 30-touchdowns, 3,500-yard season. And that's not counting rushing, Victor. That might just be passing. So the title of the show was playing around. The three things I want to get to today in the show, um, quickly, we'll, we'll go about 30 minutes or so, Chris Sims. Uh, even when I wrote it up, I had a hard time calling him NFL analyst. I just called him former NFL quarterback. He, uh, he's he got Desmond Ritter ranked 40th out of 40 NFL quarterbacks. Um, that seems a little harsh to me. I understand where you might have him low just because of the sample size, etc. We'll get into that one a little bit. Uh, I want to get into, um, there's a defensive player for the Falcons, a new one that's getting a lot of early attention as, hey, keep an eye out for this guy breakout players players to watch his name keeps coming up we'll get into that a little bit and then uh we want to talk a little bit about the uh the path to the division championship we went through the the schedule last year but I mean last week I want to talk about how the uh the NFC South is ranked PFF ranked all eight divisions and you might not be surprised where the NFC South came out but it's not just the NFC South that will affect the Falcon schedule. So, good morning, Victor. Appreciate you being here. Alan coming in. He says, "Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning to you as well." Albert Knoppers coming in over on Facebook. And if you notice this over my shoulder here, Albert does some uh, some work on mailboxes and creates them into art. And this one, he did a duel. He knows I do Falcons and broadco- broad- Broncos, among other things, for podcasts. <clears throat> wow. Albert sent me a mailbox that is split. Oh. That's So So it is very cool. So Albert, thank you very much. And if you watched Ted Lasso and got to learn, you know, about the Dutch and their honesty and all that type of stuff, Albert sent it with an apology note saying this isn't very good. I made too many mistakes. I'm going to send you another one. Albert, I appreciate you thinking of me, man. I love it. So thank you very much. Uh, And we'll flip it for our next show. (laughs) We'll turn it on the other side. Raymond Collins says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning, Raymond. And Keith Robbins saying, good morning. He's changed his uh, his Facebook avatar picture. And Kevin Mapp coming in. And Roderick Cook says, uh, and good morning, Kevin. He says, Ritter's no Pat Mahomes, but we don't need him to be. He'll be competent. That'll do. And, and that's the thing, Nick. I don't know how you think so little of Desmond Ritter in his four starts where he looked pretty good. Again, his... If you throw out his very first start, I think he threw the ball 12, 15 times. Take his last three starts, small sample size, but it is a sample size. His quarterback rating would have put him top 12, top 11, mm-hmm. not 40. And to have him behind guys like Sam Howell, all three uh, rookie quarterbacks, you know, all, all of them, um, journeyman, this just seems a little harsh. It seems like you're just trying to make a point. And I feel like Chris Sims does that with every piece of analytics that he does analysis he does he throws one thing out there to get people's attention like hey come talk about this because nobody's coming to nbc sports talk digital to read our stuff
0: yeah chris sims i feel like he's he had that 2018 where he brings that rookie quarterback class uh exceptionally well compared to the consensus like i think he was very low on darnold rosen and baker and he had allen number one and lamar jackson number two well that looked pretty good, and since then, he, he has not hit <laughs> the same. But heck, if you hit that well compared to general consensus, uh, then good for you. Uh, but as far as Desmond Ritter goes, I really like it when you see like the tier triangles come out. Mm-hmm. Or, like the, the, the tiers come out, and they Ritter would be lumped in with too early to tell. I mean, it's really just – this is a, essentially Chris Sims showing what he thought of Ritter as a college quarterback because that's what you're mainly basing your thoughts and analysis on right now. Uh, putting him 40, somebody's got to be 40th. I don't think it, I, I would definitely put Howell lower without a doubt, but every single one of these, it almost feels like, okay, I have to come out with content here for something like this. It has to be ranked this way, but I need to add an asterisk on like 10 of these guys because we just don't know yet. Yeah. So it's not to be, you know, that's not to be a wet blanket on it because that's not as inflammatory or, you know, eye catching as the 40th ranked quarterback, but like he could be the ranked quarterback, right? Like the, that's a possibility, but mm-hmm. he, I think it's much more going to be like middle of the pack. Uh, this season, maybe even, you know, the 25 to 15 range. And if he's that on a rookie contract, I mean, you're getting surplus value. And that should be good enough with this roster and this uh, division to be very feisty this season. So yeah,
1: to, to be to winning record and talking about playoffs. Now, <clears throat> I have a question for you just to try and steal man his argument a little bit. What I think his numbers will end up being much better than 32nd out of the starters. Mm-hmm. But could that still make him the 30-second starter? Does that make sense, what I'm asking? Like, he could end up being put in a system where he's putting up decent numbers, but still isn't a great quarterback. They're hiding him. Marcus Mariota, if you look at ESPN's QBR, he was top 10 last year. He was hovering around there the whole time based on because they added in some rushing and, and these type of things. But no one's watching those games thinking he's a top 10 quarterback. He was a bottom five quarterback who was playing in an efficient offense. So is it possible that even if he is the 32nd starter, he could have top 15 numbers.
0: Yeah. Like EPA per play is very much a system based statistic. Now it can be like over like, you know, multiple seasons. You can get an idea of who's great or not, but I think back to uh Teddy Bridgewater two years ago uh for the Broncos. And he was like top for a while. He was like top eight in EPA per play. Then he got injured and things kind of fell off there. But yeah, I think the with Desmond Ritter and probably the way the offense is going to be set up, they're not going to ask him to make you know play hero ball. It's like what they're asking of what the Bills are asking of Josh Allen and what the Chiefs are asking of Mahomes compared to what the Falcons will ask of uh, Desmond Ritter. Even if you know the stats are great, it's probably going to be probably a safe bet, Nick, uh, going to be a different caliber quarterback, just because of what they are able to ask him, the situations that he's in. It's a very quarterback uh, friendly off offense are not. I like last year. I can't even mem- remember many, you know, high caliber, high leverage throws uh, that Mariota was even asked to do it. Just now the part of that is, are they being dialed up and the quarterbacks? Not taking well, I, I've we'll seen see. the, I've seen
1: the video of <laughs> we'll see. Kyle Pitts getting missed about eight times on wide yeah. open plays downfield because it was yeah. the, you know, the, the sarcastic font of, Smith doesn't know how to use pits and it's just Mariota just missing him over yeah. and over and over Hell, help seven of those at 30 yards a piece. And you put another two ten, and he breaks two of those and, and two touchdowns, all of a sudden it looks pretty good and he stays healthy. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's a big one, but it is, it is a nice system quarterback, you know, and saying, you know, I think he's got upside as good, if not better than Ryan Tannehill, you know, Ryan Tannehill was an, an athlete who ended up being a quarterback. He went to a Texas A&M as a wide receiver. Um, so I, 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 again, I'll put the question mark out of on, you know, I mentioned last week, Greg Rosenthal at least gave him a little bit of, I think it was Rosenthal, at least gave him benefit of the doubt saying, Hey, these are the biggest questions. It's Ritter. We don't know. Okay. Thank you. Not biggest questions. We have a question about Ritter and we're going to go ahead and answer it. He's awful. Wow. How'd you do that? That's really cool. They can't win with this guy. Man, all right, let's 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 run it in Colin Coward, same way. So I, I think Ritter, even if he's a talent-wise, even if he's a bottom half quarterback, I think he could be in the in the system to be a top half quarterback, which is okay. Well, then doesn't he become by and large a top half quarterback?
0: <laughs> yeah. And we talked about it a lot. The quarterback question here is what what are you looking for? Because Desmond Ritter on a rookie contract, you know, that's this being efficient quarterback and that's fine. Uh, for what you're paying him, that's fine, but that's a stopgap essentially. If he doesn't become, you know, a top, you want to look for somebody that's worth that second contract, third contract, and that's what I mean. I feel pretty confident in saying that in this system, with his tools, with his upside, with his uh intelligence that he plays with, he's going to be fine on his rookie contract here. Is he the Falcons quarterback for the next decade? That's a different conversation. If you're fine for just answering this season, okay, God bless, that's great. But the franchise quarterback question. It's going to take a while to suss that one out.
1: Yeah, there's still people wonder if Matt Ryan was a franchise quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. So <laughs> well, we, don't, we don't have to talk about those people. That was, uh, you know, it, but no, I, I know what you mean. And Joe Cannon, Larry Sims, he says, rise up and good morning. And Joe Cannon coming in says, great morning, Scott Nick. I've been completely tied up at work, but I couldn't miss two shows in a row. Well, we're glad you're here. Michael Corietti, he says, good, uh, good morning, good boys. Good morning, boys. And no one cares what Sims thinks. I think it's part of the problem, Michael. You know, we'll talk about it because it's, the week before Memorial day, and it's kind of a Go slow ahead. time. And this is, <laughs> this is what we're, we're talking about. But, um, I agree. Like if it weren't for Twitter, I, I might not have any idea that Chris Sims was even doing things anymore. And, you know, I don't, I don't watch a lot of, I don't watch a lot of that frankly anyway. Um, I watch the games, you know, that's, that's what I watch. I don't typically watch what other people are saying, you want an opinion, ask me, I'll tell you. That's what that's what I'm here for. That's that's what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> and you to says upside. good morning,
1: Nick and Scott. Good morning, Gary. Good Big ant says, good morning, Scott and Nick from the ATL. And good morning, Big Ant. We're glad you're here with us today. That's a that's a good looking, uh, good looking what do we call those things? They're not avatars, screen pictures, screenshot. What what do we call them? The, but but what do you call your the picture that's attached to your profile, your profile pick?
0: There yeah, you go. That's my we'll picture. Call
1: it. Um, talking about where I'm only like a couple sips into my coffee this morning, y'all. So and Larry Sims, he says, Rod, Ritter is the Rodney danger field of the NFL. I said it two weeks ago. I put it down. If he's, if he's not the most disrespected player in the NFL already, who is, you know, Russell Wilson could make an argument for that, but you know, he's accomplished a whole lot and gets zero respect, but Ritter is being dragged through the muck and just thrown under the garbage why why he was he was good when he came out was it because if he had played earlier if he if he had played earlier is it because you're like well he couldn't even beat out marcus mariota and he was terrible is that part of it but it was it's a it's a it's it's not a lost season but it was a season where they weren't competing for anything and you could take your time with desmond Mm -hmm. ritter you know, did you see enough out of Kenny Pickett to go, oh, yeah, Kenny Pickett's the guy for the Steelers for the next decade. But all of a sudden, Ritter's not? I don't get it sometimes.
0: Kenny Pickett played for a Power 5 program. Uh, he was a first-round pick, and he plays for the Steelers. You know, it's just like we saw him all, the entire season as well, I think. I don't think and That's he's... what I mean.
1: I think if, you know, if if Ritter goes 7-10 and 10 and finishes a season like he did 2-2 two two with a 94 uh, rating, is the is the narrative the same?
0: It, we circling back to what we talked about earlier. It's hard to say because what does that look like within the confines of the offense? Is he just only asked to make layups and he can't, you know, hit an open uh, mid-range shot uh, because the offense is so uh, easy? Because you have B. John Robinson in that run game, and therefore, like you, people are thinking, "Oh man, if we just put in a above-average quarterback, imagine where this offense goes." So it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, Ritter is going to be continue to be disrespected until he goes out there and puts together multiple games. And uh, I feel pretty confident in this offense to put him in a situation to succeed from a team perspective. Now, are they going to re ask him to be, you know, the guy, is he, the truck or the trailer? You know, the kind of question, I think it coined that with uh Bucky Brooks, then I he'll probably be more of the trailer than the truck, which is fine for a quarterback on a rookie contract. Uh, but will be a lot of fun to uh, monitor the season. You mentioned his upside, maybe being a, uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think it's an easy comparison because the offensive system and Arthur Smith. But for me, the name that I keep coming back to that I think the ideal situation for Ritter would be rookie contract Dak Prescott. You know, also a kind of a third, fourth round guy. Everything is predicated around the run game. Use a a premium pick on the running back. I mean, that was criticized as well from Ezekiel Elliott to Bijan Robinson. And everything is simple for them, but they develop into a quarterback, not incredible tools, but good athleticism, accurate, great processor. And uh, I think that's the ideal path going forward, not only from a long-term perspective, but from a development perspective that you can follow from Ritter. I think it's the Dak Prescott uh, pathway. One for Ritter one. Ritter would
1: be thrilled with that. I just saw a yeah. a note that said that the players that have been paid the most in the last three years, Prescott was number two on that list. Russell yep. Wilson was number one because he got a big signing bonus <clears throat> with his contract last year. So even though his average hasn't been that high, his, his average salary hasn't been that high, he's gotten the most cash and, uh, and Prescott was number two in the list. So rear would be real happy um about that. And Roderick, this is when I first started like getting back into the NFL was that draft. And he he asked, does he have Mac Jones number two or something? I think so. I think probably. Um, and he had he kept saying that the, the 49ers were taking Mac Jones. I was like, oh my God. Because at that time there was thought could the Falcons take Mac could take a quarterback. And at the time I was thinking Mac Jones trade down and maybe sneaks into the back end of the the first maybe because he was at the senior bowl and he looked good there and I was like at three what no god no um and then you know Mac Jones goes and starts for a Bill Belichick team and gets all the accolades in the world uh Kevin Mapp has a nice zing. he says well I rank Sims 40th in Texas Longhorn quarterbacks I've seen see that high no he Chris Sims was a good quarterback at Texas his brother his, his younger brother Matt I think it was his younger brother Matt had all the hype with him, but he wasn't as good a, a, a prospect as uh, as Chris was. Chris was a was a pretty good player. Um, didn't live up to the billing, you know. The the next he he had Arch Manning type of hype around him, you know, coming in with a name already, a number one guy. But he was he was pretty good. But there are a lot of quarterbacks at Texas, so he could have been 40th. <laughs> yeah. um, Brandon Swank asked a question that keeps getting asked a lot. He said, "Would you rather Ryan, T- you know, Tannehill?" Make a trade for him or see what you've gotten, in Ritter. the Falcons trade for Ryan Tannehill, I might help lead the riots um, <laughs> because I think they'd be storming the streets. N- nobody in Atlanta wants Ryan Tannehill. Nobody. There's no talk of that at all. Um, in Atlanta, there's lots of noise outside Atlanta. There's, they've done nothing to make us think that they're making a move for a quarterback beyond Taylor Heineke as the backup. Grayson Kidd, local guy, for Desmond Ritter to start. Um, I would pan that move. I don't think Tannehill is good enough to take you to the next level. So if he's not, I'm not giving it up anything for him. Those are my thoughts on
0: him. Yeah, for Tannehill, that's somebody to keep an eye on for this offseason if Ritter does fall flat on his face and you're looking for a competent bridge quarterback to get you through a season that knows the system and the offensive staff. So. This year, it's going to be Ritter. And if Ritter, you know, struggles or is not the guy, then you could see that short term, short term move uh, for Tannehill. But I do not see that coming, uh, happening this season.
1: Yeah. And Zach said in Sims' defense, I think he said How looked better in his few starts. How? You know, one touchdown, one interception? Mm, maybe. Um, Jeffrey Niffin, he, he says a point that I, I like on this that I, I do want to start pushing back on a little bit. He says, Ritter's stats from the games he pl- he played proved our system isn't meant for a quarterback to throw 30-plus times. Mariota never did it all season. Ritter didn't get close either. A leader maybe. They judge harshly off of stats given. His stats were pretty good. Efficiency ratings. He was top 12. That's been my point on this. Mm-hmm. And if you can't beat Mariota, that's a very valid point. Thank you. Uh, fans want to win now. I don't want to trash our, our, uh, quarterback, but there are numbers to go off. The numbers are pretty good. And here's my point on this, Jeffrey. And I've, I've said it all along. If people try and pigeonhole Arthur Smith's offense. Um, well, he's going to, you know, he's going to run the ball, run the ball, all this, this. I don't know how much of a choice he's had. That That's kind of the point I've been making. He threw the ball plenty when Matt Ryan was his quarterback and he had Calvin Ridley out there and Kyle Pitts out there. Uh, Russell Gage. And then you go down and you got a rookie and you got Kyle Pitts and you got Marcus Mariota. All right. I'm not going to blame them for not trying to throw the ball around a whole lot. Now, as you get more confident with your quarterback, as you get your offensive weapons in place, and I'm going to use that phrase a lot, Nick offensive weapons. Mm -hmm. Because if they line up in a four wide and a running back, and you go, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, And you go Cordell Patterson, Bijan Robinson in the slot with Tyler Algier as your running back. Those are weapons, man. You know, you might throw the ball. You might throw the ball around a little bit more. So I'm not ready to judge Arthur Smith's offense on the whole until I see more parts in place. And I think we'll get a better view of that this year. And you still basically have a rookie quarterback. So I still don't expect him to sling at
0: 30 plus. But I'm not saying he won't if that makes sense. Yeah, Listen out those weapons made me, comes back to, man, the Falcons probably could use some wide receiver help still long-term. I mean, you listed five uh, playmakers out there, still position, and one of them was a wide receiver. <laughs> Overall, we talk positionless football. I know, I know. But uh that's one that's, again, it comes back to that. And you talked about, you know, the need to drop back and sling it. Last season, you mentioned multiple times, there was a a point in Arthur Smith where it's not working for them in offense. And even though they're down and they really need to, for an efficiency standpoint, start passing the football for time and just the ability to get explosive. As he says, F it, we're going to run the ball. We're just going to run the ball. Yep. And that's more because of the lack of, quarterback ability to, in that drop back pass game. Some questions on the offensive line in the drop back pass game. You know, talk about uh, Caleb McGarry there still uh, and uh, the lack of weaponry as well. So these are all things to watch this season. We have a lot of questions about this offense. Defense should be much better with the just the resources they threw at it, but it does come down to, I mean, it's going to be a run first team. That's what's going to stir the stir the stir the pot, stir the drink uh, the straw the Fal- that stirs the drink. The straw that stirs the drink will be the run game, but it's the NFL. And at some point you'll have to operate a drop back pass game to stay in games or to catch up in a game. Chris Sims is stirring the pot. Yes.
1: <laughs> Mark Schrader says, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Christiano Roden. Uh, appreciate you being here as well. Jay Gribben he says, uh, let's run with Twitter please. No one else. Good morning, Jay. Hope you were doing well, my friend, Uh, fellow Pope alum. I think Jay was class of 92. I was class of 91. Not to give away your age, Jay. I apologize. Um Bijan Robinson living it up a little bit. He was over at the Western Conference Finals. Saw the picture on the floor at NLA was kind of cool. Um, talking about uh, you know, leading the charge. I don't yeah, I, if, if there was a trade for Ryan Tannehill, there it, it'd get kind of ugly. Um, how can no team want Tannehill but Ritter's ranked 40th out of quarterbacks? So make it make sense. Age and money. Uh Ritter's cheap. And has some upside to him. Tannehill, you know what you've got. You've got the hope that Ryan, that that Ritter can keep moving forward. Um, if I were to play one game tomorrow, I'd probably take Tannehill. You know, he's yeah. he's just got the experience, and you know, you know what you're going to get for sure. But with uh, with Ritter, um, you've got some upside there. You've and, and it's cheap. The cost control is a big one on that. So let's get since we talked about. We've got just a couple more minutes here. I want to hit some of these other topics i know i feel like we've been talking about the Ritter disrespect for a month and I, yeah. I promise i'll stop um until he starts doing well and he's still like disrespected oh he's 30th on the quarterback he's first in efficiency then we'll start talking about it again um but one of the best kept secrets one of the breakout players caden ellis is a player that is getting mentioned a lot and i think he played 11 games and had seven sacks and he's doing it a lot kind of shooting the gaps Coming up the middle—that's a good name for a band, um, or a well, pod shooting the gaps, bridge um, the gap. Is the- <laughs> yeah, I know. Works. <laughs> um, see, it works with my baseball stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Caden Ellis, really efficient pass rusher in Ryan Nielsen's system last year. Bleacher Report did a you know players to watch, breakout players. I think PFF had him as a breakout player also. And while the Falcons didn't get a whole lot better so far. On the edge, with their pass rushers, they added a lot right up the middle, including Caden Ellis and David Onyamata.
0: Yeah, I mean, they did add Zach Harrison, and Zach Harrison can be an occupier. And what does a big-body, lengthy occupier do? Can free up some space for, uh, even as an edge rusher, free up some space for some of those gaps to shoot. So Caden uh, Ellis is going to be a lot of fun this season. I'll be very curious to see how the mixture of linebacker play uh, goes this season for them. Obviously, you have... Troy Anderson as well there uh, at the linebacker spot. Still pretty raw, but I mean, we talked about the athletic tools, just, you know, freaky sideline to sideline and upside. And year two, this should be one where you really start to see him take off. So yeah, Cade Nellis should be in a good situation. I don't think that the defensive line talent is, well, I don't know. You have Kayla's, uh, uh, Campbell as well. Don't
1: forget Taquan Graham is in the rotation again too. When he comes back, Taquan and Grady were good last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be Anderson
1: was solid. They just didn't have anybody behind them.
0: Yeah, so having a linebacker that can get pressure, you don't have, again, we've talked about it many times. Would it be great to have that, you know, all pro uh, pro bowl type of uh, defensive lineman, especially on the edge that, you know, you can count on to get 12 sacks this season? Yes, but this is going to be more about the overall unit and having Caden Ellis, somebody, especially with where the NFL is going right now with uh, more amorphous uh, defensive fronts, you having somebody at that second level that can be a high efficiency pass rusher, especially in third downs and pass rush situations, I think is great for the overall unit and uh, should help a Falcons defense that has just been dreadful at getting after the quarterback over the last two seasons.
1: I, I called the, the 2021 season statistically impossible. I mean, they were so bad that if they had, if they signed a, a 10 sack, a double digit sack guy, they still would have finished last wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. We got a guy who just added 10 sacks and you still finished last in sacks. That's, I mean, that's, I say it all the time. I'm like, y'all are hearing that, right? Do you realize how awful that is. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Wait a minute. What you did? What we signed a 40 home run guy and we still finished last in home runs. And that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's interesting, but Keith, welcome in, Keith. He says it's pretty wild that the Falcons will be the only team in the NFC South that will have experience between quarterback and head coach. Um, on the same team. Baker Mayfield starts at Tampa. It could be that way, but there I, I think what you mean is they've worked together. there There won't be anybody that has worked together so far um, for sure. Um, there's been oh, cause because obviously there's experience. I mean, Derek Carr has experience in the NFL. Um, so that that's what you mean. Um, and Ryan comes up again. Ritter wins week one. This talk will go away until people try and cover their own narrative by saying they're winning despite Desmond Ritter. That's mm-hmm. that's the that's the next step in the disrespect in this, and that's fine. You know, you go twelve and five and and keep poo pooing on Ritter. Guess who's going to ha- be happy? Falcons fans. Yep. Falcons fans are going to be happy. Um, finally, before we get out of here, um, just want to say real quick the yes the the path to the NFC South should be fairly easy, easy relatively. Uh, PFF ranks all the divisions, and they've got the NFC South ranked eighth. No surprise there. But why is that important? It's because they're matched up on their cross-divisional in the AFC with the AFC South, and the AFC South is ranked seventh. And I'd make an argument that they might even be worse. Mm. It's You can talk about that. They're both really bad. Yeah. So when you're talking about six... 10 of your 17 games against NFC South and AFC South. Okay. And then one of your others is Arizona Cardinals. Okay. 11 of your games are Arizona Cardinals, AFC South, NFC South. 11. 11 out of 17. You get two out of two and four in your other six. You should be a playoff team, Nick.
0: I mean, nothing made it more obvious than going through the Falcons schedule last week than the next day going through the Broncos schedule. Uh, What a... Night and day difference. I mean, we talked about it. You play, what is it, three teams that are in the top half of the Super Bowl odds uh, this season going into it. So it's really, I mean, it's the Jets, the Jags, and I think maybe the Saints from the top half too, but that's that's about it. The Saints were like 16th. I think you were right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's going to be, there's really no excuse this season, right? Like you want to talk about a golden opportunity for Desmond Ritter. I mean, even the defenses they're going against, going looking at the numbers, can't, do you guys play the, you play the commanders too? Am I mixing up the Broncos in this? That stadium? sounds
1: right. And I think it's at home. You know, it's yeah. like even the teams that you, you know, last year we, we cautioned, you know, that, that you're probably only going to be scheduled in two game or favored in two games is because even the winnable games were on the road. Well, you went up to Seattle and beat them. You know, you, San Francisco came here and lose to three of the losing teams on their schedule. They lose to, who? they lose to like Arizona. Yeah. It was Arizona, Denver and the Falcons, you know, three teams in the top 10 and they were a Super Bowl favorite, you know, so uh, the bears, you never know, but I, I believe that Arthur Smith has outperformed expectations in his two years. Well, guess yeah. what? Expectations are higher now.
0: Yeah.
1: Outperform them again. And we're talking playoffs for sure.
0: And happy for these two teams. Just look at the Falcon schedule. I, I remember going through it. Now the teams that stand out as maybe the toughest two games, the entire season <laughs> are the, uh, Detroit lions and Jacksonville Jaguars back-to-back weeks. God, you told me that five years ago, you had to smack the shock off my face.
1: (laughs) Those are (laughs) two that are usually talking about favorites for, for, you know, the number one overall pick on that note, we've got to get out of here because we've got to, uh, we've got to do some mile high huddle work. We will be back Mm -hmm. Wednesday morning, 9am right here. where we'll go for the full hour. We can get into this a little bit and start talking about this because the chat's popping. Now y'all are killing it. Uh, The numbers are going up. I hate to get out of here, but we've got to. So, Just a reminder, if you're listening to us or if you haven't, go find us on Apple Pods. It's Falcons Podcast. And give us a review. It helps us out a ton. Um, That has been growing very nicely over the last couple months during draft season. And with your help, we can continue to keep growing it. On that note, everybody have a great Monday. It's gorgeous out here in the Southeast. Come on over and see us at Mile High Huddle if you choose. Otherwise, we will see you Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock. Have a great day, everybody. Peace.